What's up, guys? I'm Jared Lopes, and you're listening to the Dad Tired Podcast, where I'm helping everyday families learn how to follow Jesus in everyday life. How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. It is good to be with you. If you're brand new to Dad Tired, welcome. We're glad that you stumbled upon this podcast. Maybe a friend told you about it. Uh, maybe you're a wife or a mother listening uh, from maybe a risen motherhood listener. Just want to say welcome to you. You're not alone. There are quite a few uh, ladies who sneak in here each week and listen in. Don't worry. I know you're here. You're welcome. I'm glad to have you. But uh, I do talk specifically to guys and to dads, to husbands, to men that are trying to be the best husbands and fathers that they can be. Speaking of that, we've got a closed group on Facebook. Um, for guys, guys only, or you can go, if you go to dadtired.com, dadtired.com, click the community tab that will link you over to that closed group on Facebook, where we've got several thousand guys from around the world who are taking their faith, their family, and their marriage very seriously. I would say this, if you are planning on joining that group, just know that is not a place to debate theology, to kind of flex your spiritual muscles, um, it's a place where you where you can humble yourself enough to say, like, I don't have it all figured out, and I want to be around other guys who also claim to not have it all figured out, where we can push each other to be the men, the husbands, the dads, the disciples that God is calling us to be. Um, there's some amazing things happening in that group. Some really humble men who are confessing sin, who are laying down their pride, who are asking really good questions, who are offering great insight. And uh, there's stuff that I see on that group all the time that uh, I'm just really, really excited about. And then there's other stuff where there's just, I, th- I really think there's just, the ch- I don't know, man, the church is kind of weird. I, I know I probably shouldn't say that. The church isn't weird. God's church is beautiful, but it's also messy. And um, sometimes Christian things attract weird people. I don't know how else to say that. <laughs> That's probably offensive. But the thing is, like, there's just, there's, there are people who love to talk spiritual talk and kind of to kind of flex their spiritual muscles. And uh, Jesus actually spoke directly to that, where he talked about like uh, to the Pharisees, where you basically you stand up with these like long fancy prayers and you and you kind of just show off on how spiritual spiritual you are. And he said like that doesn't make you spiritual. And uh, we do the same thing. We do it in like Bible studies and communities and churches where people just show up and they just try to like look real fancy. Like somehow if they impress all of us or um, I don't know. I don't know what's, that's probably some insecurity in there. I probably, I, this is totally a tangent. I didn't mean to go down this roll, rabbit hole, but anyway, if come join us, come be a part of that group. There's awesome stuff happening. Just know we're looking for humble guys that are willing to lay down their pride and say, I, I don't have it all figured out. I'm a jacked up, broken dude, but I want to be the best man and husband that I can be. So we'd love to have you come be a part of that. Um, yeah, I just released a devotional that's actually shipping this week. Uh, if you haven't picked that up, you can go to dadtire.com, click the devotional. If you're not like super into reading, I wrote this for you. If you're not super into like doing devotionals, I, I wrote this for you because I'm the same way. I want to grow closer to Jesus. I want to fall in love with Jesus. I'm not very good at doing homework. 
I don't want to feel like my spiritual life is homework. And uh, so I wrote it. So it's really just hopefully practical, um, but also it doesn't skip out on being very gospel-centered and pointing us back to the fact that our behavior doesn't make us like better men. Uh, just because we behave well doesn't mean um, we're we're better Christians or some kind of super Christians. What what actually makes us behave well is when Jesus changes our heart. And so the devotional is called Stop Behaving. It's a gospel-centered devotional for men. It's four weeks long. The The idea, the goal is that you would go through it with your friends, that you'd, you'd find a couple guys that you could go through it with and um, just talk about Jesus and life and being a husband and being a dad and how the gospel like inter- intersects with all of that and affects all of that. Um, so I, the reason it, I have it on, if you go to deadtired.com and click the devotional tab and you see there, I have a discount, a pretty hefty discount if you buy a three pack of the books. And the reason I did that is because I really, really want you to go through this with other guys. Um, other guys that you trust, grab a beer, go out to eat, do whatever, meet at a coffee shop, whatever you're going to do. But it's only four weeks. It's not a lifelong commitment, but meet with some other guys go through the devotional and and mainly the book is a supplement but the but the bigger deal is that you're getting together with other guys who are pushing you to be the man that God's called you to be and again it's not like accountability to manage your behavior the whole book talks about the devotional is every day checking in with your heart like why is it that you're doing the things you're doing and uh, we don't really care about your behavior what we're trying to get after is your heart because heart change when Jesus changes hearts uh, behavior always comes as a result of that so you can get the devotional by going to dattire.com. Click the devotional tab. Um, to be honest with you, I didn't even want to record this podcast. Um, it has been a hectic week. It feels like this week flew by. As many of you know, if you've been listening for a long time, I'm 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 strategic in many ways when it comes to my business. I'm not super strategic when it comes to Dad Tired. Uh, some of that is intentional. Uh, I just don't feel. I feel like the stuff of Jesus, like. Um, Jesus was a really strategic leader, and in some ways, uh, um, he was just like open to how the Spirit and how the Father was leading him. And so, I kind of want to play that delicate balance as a as a leader of this ministry as well. As like, I want to I want to dream dreams and have visions for what God might have for us men uh, in the years to come. But also, I don't want to get so caught up in my dreams and visions that I kind of miss what the Spirit is doing. I always think that's kind of weird with churches when they have like five, 10, 15 year plans. Uh, like, what if the Spirit just moves in a different direction tomorrow? Uh, I didn't ever want to get kind of tied down by our, our plans and by our own ideas and our own dreams. And so for Dad Tired, like I, I, I plan a little bit. <laughs> I probably should plan more, but in many ways, I just want to like talk to you in really raw and authentic ways and kind of like just share what God's doing in the ministry and my heart and other guys' hearts in really real, authentic ways this week. Uh, and so next week may be a totally different theme or feel or whatever, but this week uh, is just what God's doing. All that to say, I didn't really feel like recording this week because it's been so hectic. And to be honest with you, I'm 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 incredibly exhausted. Nothing, uh, I don't know if we could have a better name for the ministry than Dad Tired. I'm so tired, like mentally, emotionally. Many of you know I'm a foster parent and uh, we have court tomorrow. That's a really big deal, uh, court kind of deciding our uh, our foster daughter's future, um, which also means our future. And um, it's just been emotionally exhausting. Literally 20 minutes ago, I was bawling. That's the truth. Like I, my wife and I were bawling. And uh, so my eyes are still red at this very moment because of just how emotionally 
uh, draining this has been and exhausting. And we're trying to like be the hands and feet of Jesus. And it's, it's, um, it's hard for so many reasons. I won't get into it, but it's hard for so many reasons. And, uh, I, and then that's just like one element. And then tossing a toddler, a two-year-old into your life, uh, is exciting and also exhausting. (laughs) And, uh, I just feel like if I'm totally honest, if you follow my Instagram story, you might get the impression that I'm like some super dad. And so let me just be real with you. Um, I go to bed a lot of nights feeling guilty. Like, I don't know what the heck I'm (laughs) sorry. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Um, I don't know what I'm doing, man. And I go, I go to bed guilty and I feel like I'm a bad dad. And I just feel like I'm not a very good husband and I'm just trying to figure this stuff out. And, uh, I just feel like the last few days that I have been, um, maybe even weeks, I've lost track of time. Um, I just feel like a, uh, that I've been constantly like frustrated, uh, a constant state of like grumpy towards my kids. I'm constantly correcting them. I stay home for work. I work from home. And so I'm just home with them all the time. I just feel like I've been like yelling a lot and irritable and frustrated. And uh, it just sucks, man. It's su- the last few weeks have sucked and it's exhausting. It's really tiring. And uh, I, I don't know. I have dreams for my business. I have dreams for dad tired. Um, but the last few weeks, I just feel like I've been trying to survive, like just survive. And mainly what I, what I've been trying to do in the last couple years with kids working from home is I'll play with them all day. I'll be a dad, I'll be engaged and all that. And then when they go to sleep, I'll stay up for the next three, four hours and I'll bust out some work. And now lately, the last few weeks, I've been putting them to sleep and I've been, I've been so tired. I've just been falling asleep when they go to sleep, like eight o'clock, you know, I'm just pass out because I'm, I'm so freaking exhausted. And I, I haven't, I, I haven't like got any work done. Uh, this isn't a pity party. I'm setting up for like where I'm going here. Um, but the point is I'm just really tired. I literally have 149 tasks. I just checked right before I hit record. I have 149 tasks on my to-do list um, that are staring at me and frustrating me every day and adding stress to my life. But I say all that because today um, was crazy and hectic and I was frustrated and had that guilt and had emotional breakdowns and uh, it's been a hard day. And again, I'm not trying to pity party. I know your dad or your mom listening and you're exhausted as well. If you, the fact that you're in part of dad tired means you, you are equally exhausted. So I understand that you get this. My situation isn't different than yours. I totally understand that. Today I was, uh, trying to study. I led our church community and our kind of Bible study tonight and so I was trying to study for that and my foster daughter came in the bed and she was like throwing a fit and kind of having a tantrum and she really just cried herself to sleep on my lap. Um, and so as you know, as a dad, you, you've been in that situation where your kid is just like asleep on you and you never wake a sleeping baby. And so there was just like quiet. My daughter took, or my wife took my daughter and uh, my son to the store. So it was just me home with my foster daughter. She's sleeping on my lap and it was quiet. And it seemed like the first time it's been quiet in like months. It's just dead quiet. Really, really, I I didn't have my phone near me. There was no like electronics going on. There's no sound going. It's just quiet. It's almost like a God ordained moment for me just to like pause. And I had 40 minutes just to like reflect back on the last couple months and think about how I've been doing, how I've been feeling. 
um, what life has been like, and and I just feel exhausted. And here are the three thoughts that came to my mind, and I'm telling you these because I think they're probably practical and relatable for wherever you're at right now, especially if you're feeling just overall tired. Here are the thoughts I had. Number one, I feel far from God. Um, and not in like the doubting sense, like I'm doubting my faith or questioning my faith or in this um, season of sin or unrepented sin, but just like this distant, apathetic, don't feel close to Jesus right now. Don't feel like my relationship is in this like um, super healthy spot with the Lord. And um, and so I think as I'm as I was sitting there with my foster daughter and she's taking a nap and I'm just reflecting at the core of that. I think at the core of me feeling far from God is actually my pride. Um, and it's the fact that I feel like with all the chaos going on right now, there's a part of me subconsciously that believes that I can manage this chaos better than Jesus can. Like I'm not praying very much. And I'm not praying because I subconsciously, I quietly am declaring that I have more power over my situation, over my chaos than Jesus does. And, uh, and so I just don't really feel like I need God. Like if I'm being totally honest, subconsciously, I obviously am believing that I don't really need God. So why would I go to him in prayer? Because I just think that I can handle my chaos by myself. Uh, and so that's why I'm not really praying. And here's the thing. When I was about 18 years old, I went on this kayaking trip. And I had never been kayaking in my life. I was just goofing off with a bunch of my friends. I literally was wearing just board shorts and a kayak, uh, no shirt, no life jacket, anything. And I'm kayaking, and the the river was very, the, the current was slow. We're just kind of slowly moving down. And then all of a sudden it started to pick up. And literally, I'm by myself. I had kind of gone up a ways ahead of my friends. So I'm w- way up ahead of my friends by myself. And these two other kayakers come up to me paddling by me and they've got full wetsuits on with a helmet and life jackets. They look like they're straight out of like a outdoors magazine. And they're like, Hey dude, are you familiar with this river? And I was like, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I know the name of it, like, but I don't, I don't know what you mean by familiar. And they're like, just be careful because Satan's cesspool is up here. And so you're going to want to be careful, which literally is like the worst thing to tell somebody. Like, I don't know if that, that wasn't helpful at all, but I just saw the concern in their eyes as they looked at me in my board shorts and my idiot face with my kayak. And they just went on their merry way. And I could see up ahead that there's this giant waterfall. And there's literally, I'm not making this story up. I'm not exaggerating. There's literally professional photographers standing on shore, taking pictures of people like professional kayakers going down this waterfall. It's that intense. So as I'm approaching, there's nothing I can do. The current is sped up to such a speed that it's like taking me over the waterfall and it does it it f- takes me over the waterfall and literally at the moment i hit the waterfall i fly out of the kayak hit the bottom of the waterfall and it just sucks me the the pool of the waterfall sucks me under the current takes me and i'm just hitting my head on rocks i'm like my body is just a rag doll flying through the river and it's literally the first time in my life uh, and and actually the only time in my life that i prayed in pure desperation like I was desperately praying for my life, asking God to not let me die because I thought I was really going to dr- either drown, hit my head, die. Like I, I, I was convinced that was it. I was going to die. And I was praying. The only thing I was doing was praying, God, please don't let me die. Please don't let me die. Please don't let me die. 
The reason I tell you that is because nobody needed in that moment, nobody needed to teach me how to pray. Nobody, I didn't have to like go pick up a book on prayer. I didn't have to like go to listen to some sermon series or some podcast on how to best pray. I was desperate. And so I was praying and my prayers of or, or being in a state of desperation uh, forced me to pray in ways that I hadn't prayed before. And that's what I think the heart behind Jesus in Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus is, Jesus is saying, blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn. What I think God is, like, why are those people blessed? You can go back and listen to a whole podcast I did on that called Are You Blessed way back in the day. But the reason those people are blessed, the meek, those who are mourning, the brokenhearted, the reason they're blessed is because they are praying to God in ways that you and I are probably not praying. They have found a desperation, a rock, a bottom, a hard place that's different than what you and I are probably feeling. And as a result of their like brokenness, their desperation, their meekness, their weakness, they are praying to God out of desperation. And that's what I mean when I'm saying like, I'm not praying to God because I'm really not that desperate. And it's pride that's keeping me because I actually think that I can control my situation better than God can. And so as my foster daughter was laying on my lap and I'm sitting there in the quiet, the first thought I had was I'm not far from God and the, or I am far from God. And the source of that is my pride, believing that I can somehow control my situation better than God can. And what I actually need to do is come back to the one who's actually in control. God. And how do we know he's in control? Because even when he was hanging on a cross and things seemed out of control completely, at the point where it seemed like he was had no control, where they bury him, they put him in a grave and they roll a rock over his grave and he's now dead and put away. He seems completely out of control. God, Jesus raises from the dead and he says, even death has no power over me. In the same way that he was on the, the lake and he can control the oceans and the waves and the storms with just his words, even in hopeless and crazy and chaotic situations, God is always in control. And so what I needed to do, what I need to do as I realized as I'm laying with my foster daughter is that I need to turn to the one who's actually in control, the one that death doesn't scare him, the one that the waves and the oceans and the storms don't scare him because he's actually in control, not me. He's better God than I am when it comes to the chaos of my life. And uh, the other thought I had as I was laying there was that Psalm 1 says this. uh, Let me pull it up for you. It says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, or that would have meant the scriptures, the, the Bible. But his delight is in the Bible, the scriptures, the law of the Lord. And on his law, on the scriptures, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yield its fruit in season and whose leaves, leaf does not wither. Uh, what he does, whatever he does will prosper. That's Psalm 1.1. And the, the, what, the reason I thought of that is because uh, it's easy to spot a tree 
that's planted near water. It's healthy, it's giving fruit, it has life, and it's easy to spot a tree that's dying and that's dead. And if you would look at my life recently in the last couple of months, you, you wouldn't look at my life and think, man, that guy's got a lot of life. You would probably think, man, that guy looks really tired. Um, and the reason I'm tired is because I'm far from the water. I'm far from God. Uh, I'm far from the thing that can only the only thing that can actually rejuvenate and satisfy my soul. And so the first thing I thought of as my do- my foster daughter was sitting there with me um, is that I need to come back to the water. I need to come back to the one that can satisfy my soul, that can give me life, the one that is actually in control of my situation. The second thing uh, I was thinking of, and by the way, men are geared to be problem solvers. And so this is a God-given gift. Sometimes it gets us in trouble in our marriage because like, we, don't, we shouldn't always just solve problems. We should be good listeners. And I agree with that. We need to be better listeners. But sometimes we can solve problems and, and uh, we're good at that. It's our God-given ability. God made us to look at things and think, okay, how can I fix this? So that's what I was doing as my uh, daughter was laying there with me as I was thinking, how can I solve this? I've got a problem. How can I fix it? That's why I kind of came up with these three things. The second thing that came to mind is that I need to say no more. Uh, Not say no more, but say no more. Um, And there's lots of things right now in my life that are just sucking time and mental energy and emotion from me that don't make sense for the kingdom of God. I'm saying yes to too many things. I'm saying yes to things that maybe are, are even good things, but just not the things of the kingdom right now. And so I just need to say no to them. And so I'm running a little bit short on time, um, but that would be my encouragement to you. Uh, My encouragement to you in number one was come back to Jesus, come back to the one who can satisfy your soul, get back in the word, get back in prayer, get back to the one who actually has control of your life. Stop having so much pride that you believe you have more control over your life, even subconsciously. Um, So come back to God. Um, that would be my encouragement for number one. The encouragement number two is say no more. Like st- start saying no. Um, you will die as a husband. You will die as a disciple. You will die as a dad. Whatever your job title is, you probably won't have when you die. Whatever uh, fantasy football or baseball or whatever league you're in, whatever uh, level you're on in your video game, whatever project you're working on at work, all those things will fade. They will not be with you when you die, but you will die a, hu- a husband. You will die a disciple. You will die a dad. And so these are the things that you and I need to be spending the most of our time on, the things that actually last for all of eternity. And so what we need to do, what I need to do, what you should probably do is just say no more, like say no to your phone, to Facebook, to Instagram, to Snapchat, to uh, news reports, to uh, sports updates. Just say no, like just let it go for right now and be engaged with the life-giving things like the word of God, like your wife, like your kids. Um, Say no to the TV, say no to overtime at work, say no to the friend that keeps asking you to do that awesome thing. Say no to signing your kid up for another sport or activity or lesson or whatever it is, like say no and just say yes to simplicity. Uh, This week we just got rid of the TV in our living room so that we can just like try to simplify, get rid of the clutter. Shane Claiborne actually talked about that last week on the interview um, that he removed the TV from his house. And we've done that before and we put it back. And after hearing Shane say that, I thought, man, that's good. We need to do that again. So we just took the TV out and we're trying to say no to the things that don't make sense for the kingdom. And we're trying to say yes to the things that will have impact for eternity. 
So just do an evaluation of your life. I started to, as I was laying there, just think through what are the dumb things or even important things, but aren't kingdom things that I just need to say no to right now that, that are taking up too much mental uh, energy and time or money. And they, I should just like simplify and get back to the things that matter. Uh, so that would be my encouragement to you as it was encouragement to me is to say no more. The last thing I would say uh, as I was thinking through and just kind of doing a quick audit of my life and that 40 minutes that I laid there in the quiet was this. Um, I need to chase after my wife's heart more. Um, she's my teammate. And when you're in the midst of chaos, when you're in the midst of busyness, your marriage can start to feel like another task. Um, that's how I feel like my marriage is another task. Like, oh crap, I need to be a better dad. I need to be a better husband. Um, I need to be a better worker. I've got business stuff to take care of or whatever. And you're just like starting to check off these boxes. And your wife and your marriage gets lumped into these tasks that need to be checked off. And that is not how God designed our marriages to be. My wife isn't meant to be like a task that gets to be checked off or something that gets taken care of. She's meant to be my helper. Um, Her and I are supposed to tackle the chaos, to tackle the tasks together. Um, We're supposed to be one. And when things are chaotic, and we're one when we're like firing on all cylinders and we're in a good place relationally in our marriage. Um, even in the midst of chaos, you still feel a little bit of peace because you feel like you've got a teammate going after these things with you. But when you're in the midst of chaos and your marriage is not in a good spot or in a healthy spot or you're not communicating or not putting the, the energy and effort that you should be towards your marriage, then it just becomes like another part of the task, another part, another stressor in your life. And that is not how God designed marriage. Genesis uh, 2, when God was creating Adam and Eve, he said, it's not good that man is alone. Let us create a helper for him, someone that's suitable. And the point of that is that man and woman would come together, that they would leave father and mother, that they would unite as one flesh, and that they would do things together. And that's how me and my wife should be operating. And in the midst of chaos, we've just moved into survival mode of like surviving and handling the day and getting the tasks done. And it just becomes another, t- your, my marriage has become another tasks, a task. And so what I was convicted about as I laid there was thinking, I need to pursue my wife's heart more that we would get back on the same page and back on the same team. Um, Two minds, two hands, two hearts are better than one. Um, And that we would take on this chaos together, not independently. So those were the three things that stuck out to me as I was uh, laying there doing an evaluation of my life. Number one, I'm a dead tree far from the water. I need to get back to the water and come back to the one who has control. That would be my encouragement to you. Go back to the water, the one who actually has control of your life. Number two, uh, say no more. Do an audit of your life, of your calendar, of your checkbook. Where are you spending your time and money and what can you start saying no to? Uh, And start to declutter, start to get rid of things, both physical things in your house, uh, in your car, in your email inbox, whatever, like start to actually declutter, but then also mentally and uh, spiritually what are the things that are consuming your spiritual space your head space that are taken away from what god's trying to do and where he's trying to speak say no more 
um, start to get a little bit more simplicity and silence and quiet. I know I need to be doing that. I'm going to do that even tonight before I start this next week. Uh, is really start to figure out where can I, I build in that time. And number three, chase after your wife's heart. Uh, that is also going to be part of my intentionality this week is I don't want to feel like my marriage is a task. I want to um, remember that we're on the same team and that we can handle the chaos together, but I don't want to have my marriage be part of the chaos. I love you guys. If you find this podcast helpful, would you just take like one minute and click <laughs> review, leave a review? Um, and just, it doesn't need to be a long, fancy review. Just leave uh, any thoughts that you have there and how it's been helpful for you. Again, I say this all the time, but that's not so that I get a pat on the back. Um, I don't need pats on the back. I'm, I'm fully confident in my uh, my who I am in Jesus, that I'm satisfied in being loved by the King and Him alone, uh, not by reviews on iTunes or, or on Amazon. Um, but the reason we, we do that is because there's so many guys who discover the Dad Tired Podcast and get exposed to the gospel because the reviews, uh, iTunes ranks it higher, the review, the the podcast higher when there are more reviews. And so more and more guys can just get exposed and, and be reminded of the gospel, which is all we're trying to do is point guys towards Jesus. So that you don't have to say Jared's great or whatever. Just put anything on there. I don't care. Just but leave a positive review and that will allow more guys to discover the podcast. And the, the reason that's important is so that more guys can fall in love with Jesus and our world can start to see, feel more like heaven and that the, the kingdom would come and his will would be done just like it's done in heaven. That's my prayer in my heart. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great re- week. Rest your week. I love you. Bye. Thank you.